Welcome to the Motivation Without the Hype podcast with your host, Jez Perez. He's an author, high-performance coach, and motivational speaker. This show brings you inspiring messages and interviews to unleash your greatness in life and in business. So let's get started. everyone, welcome to Motivation Without the High podcast show. My name is Jez Prez, a former procrastinator into an action taker. We bring you inspirational messages and interviews, including motivational insights, tips, principles, and proven strategies that you can take action on without the hype in unleashing your greatness in life and in business. Now, we appreciate you plugging in and spending time with us. And we have a very special guest, and I'm super grateful to have him on our show. Now, his name is Sam Jacobs. He is the founder and CEO of Pavilion, a community-powered learning platform for go-to market leaders and teams. Sam launched a Pavilion as a revenue collective in 2016 and bootstrapped the company to $10 million in ARR before taking on a $25 million growth financing round in early 2021, led by Elephant Ventures and GTM Fund. Prior to Pavilion, Sam spent 15 years as a senior revenue leader at VC-backed companies in the New York area, including Jerusalem Lerman Group, Axel, Livestream, Vimeo, The Muse, and Behavox. Sam, welcome to the podcast show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, I'm really excited and really privileged to have you on the show. I'm really excited. I've been thinking about this for the last couple of days. Uh, please tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, everybody. Well, I'm, uh, my name is Sam Jacobs. I'm the founder and CEO of Pavilion. As, as you mentioned, uh, Pavilion is the leading go-to-market community uh, around the world. We've got 10,000 members all over the world, and we're focused on uh, helping revenue executives, that's heads of sales, marketing, com- customer success, and CEOs, achieve their professional potential, which means do their job better, help their companies grow more effectively. And we really think of ourselves almost like a career co-pilot. We are the community that sits with you as you build, as you thrive, and as you survive and navigate the uncharted territory that we're all in. Wow. That is amazing. And, you know, you know, looking what you've done and, you know, having that type of experience. Now, you've been in the business for many years um, and you work with a lot of um, high-performing uh, you know, businesses, what has been a learning curve for you? I've learned a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, I've learned uh, a couple of things that I've learned recently. The One of the things I've learned is, um, I mean, none of it's rocket science, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. None of it's uh, particularly, you, you won't hear it anywhere else. But generally speaking, um, what I've learned is that the first thing you need to start with is is why you exist, Right. Uh, Mark Benioff pioneered this concept of V2 mom, vision, values, mission, objectives, metrics. And wow. um, the point is, uh, you got to know why you exist. That's the first most important thing. And you have to have a purpose that extends beyond your revenue targets or your financial metrics, but extends beyond that world into, you know, the reason why you are exist, uh, why you exist and why you're of service to the world and to the global community. So that's the that's the first thing I've learned. The second thing I've learned is that, you know, as you grow, there's different skills that are required. There's different skills that are required at a very early stage to help a company get off the launch pad. And there's different skills, again, that are required to help a company navigate uh, scale more effectively. And the, the job of the CEO, my job as a founder and CEO is very different today than it was two or three years ago. Two or three wow. years ago, I... Um, I could make many more decisions based on my intuition and based on my knowledge of the customer. And uh, I've done that 
uh, consistently over the last year. And when I do that, I make mistakes because intuition uh, doesn't become, uh, it becomes insufficient. It's not enough. It's necessary, but not sufficient when you get to a certain size and scale. And that's where mm. data comes. Way. That's where you have to make decisions based on information uh, about how your customers are using your product, how they're interacting with your product, and what you need to do to fix their engagement with the platform. So those are a few of the things I've learned. I'm happy to, happy to talk about more. Yeah. So why Pavilion? I mean, um, you know, you have a couple of experiences along the way, but, you know, what has been pivotal for you? I mean, like you said in the last, you know, two to three years, um, there's probably a lot of, you know, decision-making along the process. What has been challenging for you uh, making those decisions and really going and engaging with, I mean, you mentioned about intuition, but looking at data and facts and, and being logical in a way where, okay, well, how do we scale this? Um, were there any um, decision-making in the process? Like, how did you thought that through? Well, um, I, I guess you know, the way that we have learned <laughs> The way that we've learned to make decisions has evolved, and um, and that's where the right team and having the right team in place becomes critical. Because again, what happens as you become as you go from small to big is that um, your, you know, I used to think that it's really important that I had all the answers, and that as long as I woke up every morning and knew what to do, if I knew what to do, we were in good shape, and if I didn't know what to do, then maybe I should sell the company or quit or you know shut it down or whatever. And um, that's fine, um, but I think it misses the point a little bit, and I think sometimes I miss my own point. So what am I saying? The first thing I'm saying is that um, as you grow, it's not your job to just know what to do as if it emerges from some secret source of truth deep within the universe, right? Uh, your job as a CEO is to guide the process through which you make decisions and, and create value for your customers to guide that process. It's still your job to sort of steer in towards a North Star and towards a general direction. But if you're, I would, like I said, it, the days when I woke up feeling like I know what to do, I know what I'm supposed to do, those would be good days. And the days where I would wake up and I wouldn't know what to do or I wasn't sure about what to do, those would be bad days. And um, and again, like I said, that's not, so, so what happens when you feel like that? What happens is that you are constantly looking for that feeling of conviction, that feeling of certainty, that feeling that I know what to do today. And you feel like, if I know what to do today, that means the company is going to be successful. And um, that, I realized, was not correct. And that um, it's not my job to know what to do every day. It's not my job to always have like some unguiding. It is my job to be optimistic. But my job actually is to build a process through which the company can discover what to do today uh, and what to do every day. And we need to put a plan together that reflects the information that the market is providing us and then just reflects it back to the market. So what does that mean? That means it's not my job to be some kind of genius and to like yeah. figure out exactly what has to happen. My job is to guide us towards a decision-making process that uses data and that uses information in the right direction wow. so that we can figure out what exactly we need to do. And if we use data and information and are collecting information and feedback from our customers, then it's not about me creating something from some secret well of truth. It's about me just helping the team synthesize that data and saying, in the aggregate, this is what it seems our customers are saying. Let's go do that. Awesome. And, you know, when you engage with your customers and, you know, having that feedback, obviously you collect those information, including data. Um, now you're able to, you know, roll and, you know, this podcast is all about scaling and how do you scale your business? Um, and, you know, you've been in the business for quite some time and, you know, obviously being in a competitive market, um, you mentioned about, you know, 
without compromising your values. And now was that really hard to do or was it easy to do? Because, you know, having value add and, and driven by values, you know, um, in a competitive marketplace, how do you, how do you, how were you able to, to scale that? Well, I think that's the only thing that does scale, to be honest. I think when you avoid, when you stop thinking about how you're going, if you're not being led by your values, you're being led probably by some kind of financial output. And I think that's the thing that your customers sense. And for me, I mean, I, I lead a values-driven organization, right? I, I lead a global community. And, um, and when I'm not thinking – and so what are our values? Our values are give before you get. Our values are build relationships, not transactions. Our values are that we believe in playing a big long game versus a short small game. And our values are that we believe that kindness is a path to business success, not just sort of cutthroat transactionalism. Now, all of that's nice and all of that's great to say, but when, so the only way that we have grown is when we've embraced those values. And when we are not doing that, uh, we are, we tend to make the wrong decisions. When we're making decisions based solely on financial metrics or financial outcomes and we're not thinking about our customers and about what they need, that's when growth tends to slow down. So. Yeah. I don't know if that's an answer to your question. No, and that's good because it's quite challenging. I mean, like when you go through business, obviously there are going to be, and challenges are inevitable. Uh, you know, you get customer feedback and, you know, it's all about, um, you know, consistent and constant improvement along the way. But having that and then you want it to scale your business, obviously you are going to, you know, as a business, we're all about, you know, moving from potential right through to profitability. But at the same time, it's like, well, how do I still hone in my values? And to, as a CEO like yourself, it's like, okay, well, these are the decisions we need to make based on metrics and data, but we got to make sure that we're aligned to these values. And, you know, uh, not many, uh, you know, are partially, they compromise the values and the output is quite different. But to hear from, from your end, uh, you know, based on data and metrics, those, even those are challenging, you're still able to hone in your you know, your values. And hence the reason why you're able to scale where it is today, which is fantastic. Um, you know, what, why building, uh, you know, and I mentioned going through some questions and going through what you've been doing, which is fantastic, really inspired about it is, you know, um, one of the things I wanted to ask is, you know, why is building a theory of enterprise value? And you mentioned that you are a value-based driven business, which is fun, which is fantastic. Um, but which is very foundational on the enterprise value. Um, but how do you do that? to scale any business? Sure. Well, uh, well th there's sort of two separate concepts. When, I, um, when I'm talking mm. about building a theory of enterprise value, that's actually yeah. something that we teach and we teach wow. our members. And what I mean when I say that is not about sort of values in the traditional sense. I'm talking about the phrase enterprise value. And that phrase is really a reflection of what the company is worth. And this is Many, um, many revenue leaders and many sales leaders, many people that run revenue organizations, they don't have a sufficient understanding of what makes a company worth anything. They don't have a sufficient understanding of the financial details behind how a company creates shareholder value. So the, the concept of building a theory of enterprise value is one of the things we teach our members. We teach our members that in order to be an effective steward of capital, in order to be a great leader for your organization, you need to understand what makes companies valuable in the first place. And in that case, I'm talking about the dollars and cents. I'm talking about the math of how companies generate value and understanding what makes them profitable, what makes them interesting, and what makes them valuable from an investment perspective. And so that's just a discipline that people need to understand. And that's really part of having, you know, a full and a well-rounded career. 
part of having a great career is being um, is being multidisciplinary and having an understanding of how what you're doing, whether it's in sales and marketing, whether when it's customer facing, how it relates to value creation for the company. So that's, you know, that's one of the things we teach our members. Awesome. And what else do you teach your members uh, besides scaling the business, um, looking at dollar value? Um, what else do you go through the process to ensure that for their successes as well? Well, we teach them, you know, we call ourselves a career co-pilot. And, and what that means is um, we try to teach them um, how to understand how to build a company, how to, how to, how to, as I said, how to link the theory of business with the reality of their day-to-day job. That's one thing we teach them. We teach them practical skills about how to do their job in sales, marketing, customer success, and as a CEO and founder, uh, such as how to raise money, how to build a sales team, how to design territories, how to forecast revenue. We also teach them uh, a lot of skills for themselves, for their, for themselves as individuals, how to negotiate, how to drive compensation effectively, uh, how to make sure that you, uh, if you get fired, you pre-negotiate severance. Uh, we teach them how to build a consulting business and uh, how to start their own business so that they can have uh, diversification when it comes to their revenue streams. And when, when, um, you know, when they're in the later stages of their career, when they, they, they can figure out how to make money effectively. So, you know, we're trying to, again, as I mentioned, you know, career co-pilot means we're trying to teach you all the skills that you're going to need in the modern world in order to be a successful executive. Wow. And, you know, I think that's really key is to have that real life experiences and having as yourself, um, you know, guiding through that because you can learn so many things at the book. Uh, you probably go to a, you know, MBA program and you get all the, you know, degrees and certifications, but having real life experience and have a, you know, a walk through that is actually key. Um, do you find that more effective or you, is it important to have, you know, book smart and street smart and having like a, like a mentoring and, and a guidance and a coach to go through what you've just mentioned? I, um, well, I think the problem with being book smart in the modern, listen, I'm a huge fan of books. I think everybody <laughs> should read, uh, all the time. Uh, so, you know, and I read probably 40 to 50 books a year. So not, not as many as some, but I read a lot. Um, but the problem with books is that they're out of date by the time they're printed and the world is changing more rapidly than the concept of a book can keep up with. And so what people need is they need both. They need some level of exposure to traditional knowledge, but they also need uh, peers. They need people that they can ask for help and ask for assistance. from. Uh, that's, that's a lot of what people need uh, fundamentally because the world is changing too rapidly for any book to comprehensively cover a specific subject matter. You know, generative AI became familiar to us within the last six months. It didn't, nobody used chat GPT before November. Well, now it's everything that everybody's talking about. Is there a book about generative AI? Sure. There's probably a bunch of books that are coming out. Are they relevant? Probably not because it's probably going to be different by and the, and the author is probably better served by posting on Twitter or LinkedIn than by, <laughs> you know, than by trying to write a book about it because the book is not going to be, is not going to be up to date. So at any rate, I think it's a combination of those two factors. Yeah, I like that. Um, having both, but yeah, like I never thought of that in terms of you read a book and you know, next thing you know, it, it's already been passed. And, you know, yeah. as you said, technology is rapidly rising and, and, and changing ChatGPT, you know, coming on board as well. Uh, it's just, it's just crazy how in the last couple of years, post prior to COVID, you know, all these things are, are happening. Um, 
you know, in any sec, in any success uh, in business, whether it's career or your personal life, um, what what do you, what are the steps you feel are important to take before scaling or taking it to the next level? I think um, the most important step people need to take is to understand what they stand for. I wrote a book called Kind Folks Finish First, and it's available, uh, you know, anywhere books are sold. But one of the big parts of that book is when a coach asked me, uh, what do you stand for? And I'd never really been asked that question in that way before. And I laughed and I said, what do you mean? What do I stand for? You know, I stand for making money. And the coach said, well, that's not enough. You can't stand for making money. Money comes after you create the value, not before. So what is it? What is the reason that you exist? And I think before you try to grow or build something new, uh, I think the main thing is you have to understand why you exist. What are you fighting for? Who do you represent? Who do you who are you trying to help? I think and if you can do that work on yourself as you grow again, you know, there's lots of tactics about how to grow. But as you grow, I think the fundamental thing is you begin. That's what you can rely on. And when I've like I said at the beginning of the show, you know, when I make mistakes, um, it's because I forget about that stuff. And when I don't make mistakes and when I focus on on doing well and doing good, that's when I succeed. I'm just trying to process that because hearing that, what you stand for, it's it's not being asked uh, on a regular basis in terms of you ask, I mean, like you get different sort of questions that are quite generic, but thinking that through, how did you unpack that? Because you would have thought... Oh, what do I stand for? How long did it take to actually go through that process and really unpack it to find out, yep, this is, you know, what I stand for? It took about a month and a half. And I worked with a coach and there was a very specific uh, set of value exercises that we went through and different archetypes and eventually, you know, what, what gave me energy, what kind of person was I, um, what attributes, you know, and I went through and I would circle. It was this whole elaborate exercise and um, at the end of it, we, you know, we distilled it all down to one one statement. And that statement is, I stand for helping people I care about and respect achieve their professional goals. That's what I stand for. And um, that's what Pavilion does, you know, like that, that mission statement. And it's, it, it is, every word is intentional. It's not just people I care about. Uh, there's a certain level of agency and control and responsibility that you have to take for your own life. And uh, I stand for people that that take responsibility for their own life, which is where the respect part comes in, right? It's not, I stand for helping people that want to help themselves. Uh, and, if, and if those people want to help themselves, and they, uh, so meaning work ethic, and they have compassion, meaning even in the wake of all of life's injustices and tragedies and shortcomings, they still retain optimism and hope optimism and hope both for you know humankind but also for life itself and for love other living beings and for for the idea of an interconnected universe you know the the people that combine work ethic with that sense of compassion those are the people that I want to help and support wow that is amazing wow sam you you are one of a kind um, and it, and it really exuberates in what you're saying. And I, and I truly believe that, that you're all about the care, adding value, and it, it speaks for itself as to why you are, you are today. So I always ask this question to every guest that's on the podcast show. What is your meaning of motivation without the hype and how to use motivation for your personal success? 
Well, you know, it's closely connected to your last question because, you know, motivation <laughs> without the hype means what comes, what is the thing that gives you energy within yourself? And so first thing you got to spend some time thinking about the answer to that question for yourself. What is the thing that tri- gives you energy? What is the thing that drives you? And again, for me, I'm relating hype to money and, you know, uh, material success and stuff. Uh. And when I think about that, I tend not to do as well. And when I think about orienting myself towards helping other people and providing support and care and assistance, that's when I tend to get the things that I that I want, like stuff and money and all that. So for me, motivation without the hype is what is the thing that brings you energy, even if uh, you weren't going to be paid for it? And for me, that's helping other people achieve their goals. Mic drop. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Sam. That was amazing. It's such a privilege to have you on the podcast show. Guys, for more information and how you can get in touch with Sam, look at our show notes. It's on the provided links. Please be sure to connect with him and follow him. What he does and what he does for his clients and customers is phenomenal. So please make sure scroll down, click those links, and please be sure to connect with him. If this episode has been helpful and uplifting, we'd love for you to write a review to inspire more listeners to get plugged in. We will continue to provide high-value content in each and every episode. If you don't mind sharing this podcast show on social media by inviting others, it would mean the world to me. Every time you tag me or tag us, we will get the opportunity to share those posts and together we can make a difference in the lives of others through inspiration episodes just like this. So there you have it. In closing, continue to unleash your greatness and tell yourself that I can, I will, and I must, and we'll see you on the next episode.